Room. Uh, welcome back, welcome along. If this is your first time, if it is your first time, go catch up on the other videos on the channel. Like, subscribe, buttons are around here somewhere. Um, but do go catch up some, some good uh, talks in there so far. Um, today, great, great session today. I've been really looking forward to this one. Um, do you know your data lake from your warehouse? Do you have any idea what mesh is? Is it one of those cool, crazy things that the kids are talking about and you've no idea? By the end of today, you'll know all about it. We've got one of the uh, most brilliant minds in data that I've personally ever come across. Um, super passionate about his industry, super passionate about data, full stop. I'll let him do all of his own introductions, really, um, because he does it far better than I ever will. Welcome to the uh, the locker room and, and to, to hear all about yourself, Mr. Rob Waterhouse. Hey Neil, thank you. Thank you very much. But thanks for the introduction and um, great to chat to you again. Um, yeah, a bit of an intro for myself. Um, I've been working in data for probably longer than I would like to admit, but it's probably not far between 18 and 20 years, which uh, shocked me a little bit when I realised. Um, and I've worked in different sorts of uh, roles. So I've started off life as a business analyst, then I was a project manager. I then uh, led large programs. I led, um, headed up a data platform and, and BI team. And most recently, I'm, I'm now a consultant in the data field, going into different organizations and uh, really kind of exploring um, different challenges people are facing day to day. So I think overall, my passion is in data is doing the right thing. I think um, that's at the core of what I'm about. It's I don't want to go in and sell technology and I don't want to go in and say I know everything. It's to really get under the bonnet of an organization's challenge and really kind of make a difference uh, and be part of that journey and, and to enable people to 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 build um, what they need to do for, for ambitions for tomorrow. And uh, that's that's what I'm about. And I've always had that mantra even 20 years ago. So I, I think I bring myself, my character, and hopefully you get a little bit of that today as well. Love that. 20 years, you don't look old enough. Um, <laughs> a lot of that we're going we're gonna to absolutely visit because, you know, I've, I've written that down, do the right thing. You know, I think that's something that um, we all should be looking to do, right? You know, every, every one of us, in, in wherever, wherever, you, wherever your specialty is, you should absolutely want to do the right thing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to revisit a number of those points. I think data, just like anything else, you ask 20 people, you'll get 20 different answers what, what data means. So from from yourself, what, what does it mean? What is data? Because it's everywhere, right? It's everything you touch, read, consume. It's all yeah. data. Yeah. To me, data is value. It's about, um, you know, if I go back 20 years ago, it was it was literally about flat files, Data's in data warehouses, databases, and it would feed a process or it would um, support sort of month-end processing or marketing. It's so much different now. The volume, the scale, the velocity, the different types of data. So for me, data's about, um, it is about value and outcomes. Uh, and it's probably less about, I'd say less about the data it's more about what your customers are trying to do. It's more about um, what can you gain from that information that, you know, a report's not telling you. It's, you know, are, are your customers' behaviors starting to change? Are you starting to see a change in the marketplace, you know, from a behavior perspective? And I think 
as an industry, uh, and I see it um, quite a lot, I think we're still quite obsessive over tech and data uh, combined. Um, and I still don't hear enough about customer. Your customer could be someone internal, but their customer might be the customer. And for me, that's what the data should be about. It should always align to an outcome or a value and less about kind of, we've just plugged in a new um, API and we've done this connector and we've um, and we've generated some from data that the business can now go and consume. Well, what's that consumption? What is it? What, what are they trying to do with it? Really understand the problem. And I think uh, for me, data is, it, it's, it's 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 a product. It's it's everything that tells you about what your what your consumers are telling you. So I think my biggest sort of message is data should be customer driven. It should be customer focused. It should be absolutely impactful on that customer for all the right reasons. And we should move. I say move away. I will say that from a technical IT and data perspective, we really need to be obsessed about what what consumers are doing. Um, and for me, that's what data is about. Um, and it's always been about that. And I think we're just still hung up on tech and getting data into lake houses and data warehouses. And I'm, I'm, I see some fantastic technology out there. But there's always a hidden message or a missing message about we're doing it because our consumers are doing X, Y, and Z, or we've released this customer value for our for our customers, and we can do this. And and it's it just seems to be less about that. And I'd love to see more organisations talk about their consumers and customers more about what impact that's having. So for that 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 essentially is what data's for me. There is a, obviously more technical aspects to it, so. Data is about how you can structure it, what you understand, what it's telling you, what data you've got, um, how you're managing it, um, what you're going to do with it, what's it telling you. There's, there's, there's all the back end kind of, you know, mechanics of, of, of trying to wrangle with it. But I would say that, you know, it, it is very much about what your customer is telling you, um, that your data can help leverage and make that impact. Um, so quite a wide spectrum but i don't want to home in and again this is a message even though i'm from a technical background i don't want it to be about technology i don't want it to be about a specific um buzzword in the industry it has to be about your customer and it has to align to that outcome or else why have you got it so it, it, it's kind of we mustn't miss that 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 message yeah, no, I mean, I could stop there, to be fair. I think you've just, you know, pretty much encapsulated the, the whole journey for a lot of businesses. I mean, I, um, I fundamentally couldn't agree more. I set up the Tech Locker to work with startups and scale-ups who are not, not, not technology businesses. They're not technically minded necessarily in terms of their leadership. They're entrepreneurial. You know, they want to they, they deliver a thing, a product, a service, or whatever it is that they've dreamed up that they, they know will add value to some people, to a, to a cohort, right? Um, and so you go and advise, you talk to them. And, and to your point, they don't want you to talk in fancy jargon. They don't want you to talk in what the latest and greatest development is. They want to know what value it adds to them that ultimately they can pay forward to their customers. And so you're right, it's, it, it shouldn't necessarily about the, the technology it should always be about the customers and the value that adds. I guess when you when you're knee deep in it, like you are, and, yeah. and you know, like like a lot of people are, then it becomes about what the appropriate technology to use to hit those markers are. 
Um, and I opened up this one in terms of, you know, do you know your, your data lake from your warehouse? And, and you hear it all the time. And I've spoken to, to leaders and they're like, the, the, the boffins are talking to me about this and I've no idea what it means. Well, you don't need to. But you know, from, yes, from your right. perspective, as a consultant, how do, you, how do you take someone on that journey of, I want to do X, um, I can explain why I want to do X, and I know I've got this massive volume of, of data that can drive that, I just don't know how to extract it and what to do. How do you even start to take someone on that journey? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point to your previous point around data lakes and lake houses, and, and I think I just want to make that point that I think as data professionals, we have a duty to make sure that we don't blind people with science and we don't say this is, look, from a business perspective, you must do a data lake or a lake house, or you must uh, you know, build data products, or you must do this. I think um, to answer your question, I think it is always taking it to, you've got maybe a proliferate of data and, and information available. What I tend to do is I start with, I like to draw. <laughs> If I had a board, I'm, I co it's quite interactive. So I think the way to bring people on the journey is to really involve in terms of, well, what, what are your challenges today? What's stopping you from achieving something? Can you see an opportunity? And we start drawing out. And then that leads out to maybe some themes. So it could be, I can't track my customer journeys very easily. Or it could be, um, I, I could do with this data, but I don't know where it is. Or it could be, well, I don't know where to find the information. I'm, I'm struggling to, to really get insight because I don't know who to speak to. So I always start with the business problem and drawing it out is great because it just it, it just it makes people a bit more creative uh, rather than just having a, a, a Word document. And then from that, we can start taking it back to say, well, OK, we've got this business challenge. What are you doing today and and really understanding the, the the business challenge and i know this is kind of people will be watching this going well we've done that for years it's just business analyst it, it's 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 enough to go into a solution mode too quickly it's you've got to really understand that that kind of business problem and what you're trying to do without solutionizing too early because i find that if you solutionize too early one you you've probably cut off a load of questions that you could have asked you might be also going down a road that isn't going to give them the impact because you didn't explore that challenge enough you didn't get under the bonnet it could be a technical challenge a process challenge it could be a, a people all, all three so i really like to explore that and, and then from that we start sort of splintering into little kind of avenues so many of them can be the fact that you know people don't have the technology they're struggling to get data velocity uh, there might be lots of manual excel spreadsheets um I don't come across access databases very often, but um, I, I've never wanted to rule it out. Or there's some old type of coding, you, you know, coming up with potential issues. You know, people might still use COBOL or they might be still uh, joining data together um, in a really inefficient way. And that's not giving the impact on, on for the business problem. So then we can start exploring, well, why, what are you trying to do with that data? Why are you kind of uh, amalgamating it? And then collaboratively, and I think it's really key. Yes, as consultants, people want you to come in and they want you to kind of go, well, here's here's what I think's best. But isn't it better if it's collaborative? Because then what, what does good look like to me? Good look like to me is that I've built a business rapport with someone. I understand their business problem. I understand what their customers are trying to gain from it. I've um, enabled the 
the client to to think about well yeah that really is a challenge and together we can formulate what that solution is so it could be that i say this architecture this technology fits quite well but they might say well actually that doesn't fit our strategy we work with this supplier great okay well let's 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 have a look at this um and it's collaborative and its reason for that is ownership you want the client to own and be enabled going forward. You, what you don't want is for, for me to come in and, and say something and then go out and they're left with something that they go, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing to your point about what's a data warehouse and a data lake. You can take somebody on that journey by explaining, well, this technology, this is what a data lake is. This is its purpose. This should match your data strategy and your business strategy. And then you can start talking about how what, what the role of a warehouse is or a lake house. Um, and then start going into kind of the consumption and, and, and the outcomes at the end of that. Um, and like I say, what good looks like to me is that somebody in the business will own that and they will take that to the next level. They they take the foundations and they build on it. And that to me is success because um, as a consultant, I don't want to um, I don't want to be seen to be building something and then I own it let the client own it and let them build on it. And that's that enabled somebody to really kind of build what, what's next for them. In terms of explaining the tech, I, I like to use pictures. I like to use analogies and, and different things without really going into uh, too much of the meat of, of what a data lake is and a lake house or what data mesh is. Don't get me started. I'll be on the soapbox forever. Data products. Um, I, 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 I try and bring it to real life examples that people can get hold of and explain to somebody themselves. And, and that's not trying to be a disservice to someone who may not be technical, but I think that's one of the challenges in the industry. We try and overcomplicate things by throwing technical jargon in, when in fact the technology is quite simple. The hardest part is understanding what tools best to meet the problem. And you need to understand the problem in its entirety in order to, to build a solution that, that can, can meet that. So, um, it's it's really collaborative and workshops work really well for me uh, and and I think that's that's um, that's that's how I work and bring someone on a journey. I think I think that's fantastic and you you, you, I mean, you said all sorts of sound bites of absolute gold there and and I think what what it does it fills people with the confidence that um, ownership is key. You know that's something that, that I hear a lot of and it's something that that I want out of the, the teams that I work with as well. You know they they should want to own things whether you're the business department that's going to consume it, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, that, that ownership, that, that almost accountability, you should, you should be quite golem like this is, this is my precious data. You yeah. know, this is, this is, I don't, I don't want to give that ownership up. I want to understand it to a point, but you know, beyond that point, my bigger concern is don't create me this beautiful beast. And then I need to continue to pay somebody, a team, uh, an yeah. organization for the rest of my life in order to be able to use it, take good advantage of it, whatever that may be. Um, and I think empowering businesses to own and to be able to distribute that data that, that yeah. just simply allows them to base decisions, key business decisions on whatever it is that's been created. I think that's fundamental. Yes. In that journey, Rob, um, and, and I agree, I'm, I'm hugely visual as well. You put something in a Word doc and I'm kind of out already and you put boxes on a, on a page and it makes sense to people. I think most people, the brains tend to work a lot more visually than, than not, in, in my experience at least. 
But there's always those gaps, right? So you always kind of go, okay, you've explained your challenge, which is another really good point that you raise. Let's fix the right problem as opposed to the problem that as the yes. data guy, you think they should fix. What is it they actually want fixing? But in painting that out, you kind of go, we've got a gap here, we've got a gap here. We need to work out how we fix that. Do you have that data already? Is that something that you own? Is that something we need to fix? 20 years in the industry, the, the hot topic of the the seemingly the last couple of years really is around AI and, and how that can drive any number of things. It certainly can do so in the data space because it's you know it can provide you that synthetic data approach. How often do you find yourself plugging gaps with, or at least by way of testing a theory around the, the data journey with either real data, synthetic journey? Does AI fit into your world at all? It's it's AI first. I think it's quite exciting what AI can offer us, and I think the last twelve months it has exploded in from a. Um, this is going to be good for us, say, 12 months ago to actually um, companies are saying now that they're actually starting to utilise it and, and, and find great benefit from it. Um, for me personally, I'm still in that early stages of, of I think we should start small and um, organisations really want to really want to utilise it for, for, you know, doing the right thing for the customer um, and also automate things, make things faster. I think for me, there's still a lot to do with it. There's lots of testing we can do with it. Um, I think if there's a particular use case or business problem that's quite niche and small enough that really makes a difference, I think that's where organisations should really kind of leverage the, the, the use of AI. Um, I think what I'm concerned at with AI is people are seeing it as the silver bullet for everything, uh, potentially, uh, and it's going to solve all our problems. And I think I go back to that point of, um, you know, understanding your data. I know this is the the non um, AI bit, but you know, you really have to understand what data you have, how, how you're managing it, um, what you're doing with it, its life cycle, the regulations part of it, because that's where AI can then really kind of uh, give you that value. I think if you're wanting to use AI without understanding that back end stuff of what what data's mastered, how it's how it's linked, how it's kind of distributed across the organization, who's looking after it, who's owning it, who's who's caring for it, who's who's selling that value. If that isn't happening, your AI is basing its decisions on data that's not particularly loved. And and as an organization, do you want that? And I think that's still the learnings I think we've got to do from a from an industry perspective. Um, but you know it's exciting. You know, can you imagine like checking documents and it's making suggest and it's making suggestions and going, I've just I've amended this a little bit. And do you what, what about this? You've mentioned this point, Rob. Um, I found something here that you might find that's uh, be good to add to your document, or you know, a customer journey that that AI is detecting customer behavior. It's predicting customer behavior on a on an app that's not uh, you know that's that's seen a fall in in sales because. The predicting, you know, AI can predict something is coming and 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 sort of alerts you to that. That it's all hypothetical sort of questions, but um, at the moment it's still early days. I'm not seeing AI used in anger. There's lots of proof of concepts which we're doing and we've done, we've been involved with, which is really exciting. I think over the next year or two, I think it's going to expand even further, and it is it's it is quite exciting. It's probably the first 
apart from data mesh. So it's the second thing that I'm actually quite excited about in the industry that I actually think there is there is genuine value from it as long as we still do the bread and butter and we still do that right as well. So yeah, AI, AI is uh, very exciting. That's the thing, isn't it? It's about doing right. I was talking to somebody yesterday around the ethics and regulatory sort of code of conduct almost around it and um, how um, people people ultimately can get scared of things they don't understand. And and certainly as a, as a non-technical business leader or just a, a normal consumer, you know, we're, how many of us are, you know, don't don't share my data with one of these apps or the games that you download on your phone? And we all we all kind of you know, read that question. And go, no, I don't want my data going anywhere because we're all hyper cautious of you know cyber risks and all those things. And AI is like you say, it's kind of exponentially blown that up into well, you, you can't really touch anything without it being uh, AI yeah. driven in some way, shape, or form. Do you? And I tend to agree. Over the next couple of years, that's only going to get better. It has to, that's how all these things work, mm -hmm. right? But do you consider where you are as a, at the moment as a consultant, having those kind of conversations, do you consider AI still a slight risk and it needs to mature before you personally would really start to hang your, hang your professional hat on it? No, I, I actually think it's the disruptor. I think it's the disruptor of the endangerment technology that I think it's a, game, it's a bit of a game changer. I don't... There's risks to everything, you know, even cl when cloud technology came out, it was like, oh, well, I can't put anything in the cloud security and how am I going to control my data? And, and now you see organizations, many probably, if you, I, 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 I don't know who hasn't got data in the cloud now. I think AI is that new disruptor. And um, I think the risk can be mitigated. We can mitigate that risk. I think there's always a risk to new tech. And I think the more what AI will allow um organizations to do is innovate proof of concept tech, you know it's everything we've been trying to do over the last 10 to 15 years we now have something that will enable that at pace but then yes there's that kind of fear maybe that you know could, could this get out of control and i think that's why i say start small proof of concept try something that could go wrong you know you, you're allowed to do that and i think yes the industry needs to mature with it I think it's really exciting. I think it's, um, like I said, I think it's the new kind of disruptor. It was cloud technology 15 years ago. Now it's AI. And I genuinely believe this is a game changer that all organizations in the next five, 10 years will be saying, who's not using AI? You know, it, it will be, I think, I personally think it will be there as something that, that's core part of an organization. I just think we've got a few more years to um, bring people on board, manage that risk um and and also kind of let the technology start to evolve um it's exciting you know i i i think um i was having to think about ai over the last few months and thinking that we try and control everything so if you think about what we've even beyond 20 years ago we always try and control to mitigate the risk in ai as a disruptor um is it a bad thing? Could it get out of control? Could it? Could what does control look like with AI? And, and and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know actually. If we try and control AI, are we just going to go down the path we've always done with with what we're trying to do with information and you know and what we're trying to do with customers? Or actually, shall we be a little bit disruptive and allow it to explore and be a little bit of a? Um, I, don't, I don't know how to call it. So if we're the parent trying to control AI and the AI's the child trying to 
sweet shop, you know, it's a child in a sweet shop. Shall we let it be a bit of a child in a sweet shop a little bit, but in something that's not going to cause massive havoc, obviously, and, and just see what happens. I, I, I genuinely think nobody knows the answer yet, and I think we're exploring it, which is great. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and you're right, nobody knows. Um, that's what makes working in technology full stop, I think, a real, a real... Yeah getting you out of bed moments, isn't it, really? What's going to happen today, you know? Um, what's the... Okay, so we're not going to necessarily throw AI as a child in a sweet shop into something like the Aviation Authority, because <laughs> that's bad, right? Um, no, 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 I'll do that. <laughs> there, are, there are plenty of other domains where, like you say, the, the impact of it going wrong are a little more educational, academic, and, you know, people kind of go, that's a learning curve, let's not do that again. Um, would you say that AI is more of a disruptor than something like, you know, the, 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 the advent of the cloud, which to all intents and purposes was kind of a rebrand of just the data center just done in a different way? Uh, so I guess two parts. Would you say AI across your 20 years or so is the biggest disruptor in how we deliver and manage data and distribute data and all those things? Um, and what technologically would would you say is, has been the biggest advancement to a particular domain? So I know you spent a good chunk of time in sort of e-com, you know, learning people's behaviours. You touched on that earlier. We all want to be predicted, almost weirdly. Uh, you know, I hate to be predictable, but when it goes to technology, I want my apps to know what I'm thinking before I've even thought it. Um, so what what would you say is the big is is the biggest disruptor, and what's the the domain that's really going to take most advantage of that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think AI is bigger than cloud because I think with cloud, I think that was a disruptor because it it kind of it threw everybody up in the air a little bit in terms of the scale. Uh, you know, if we think about the data lakes and what we could and couldn't do with that, and then suddenly there was lake houses and things um that was definitely a disruptor it needed to happen i think ai it, how, how can i put this i think um what makes this disruptive is it's brand new i mean apart from watching some sci-fi film you know like in the 80s it's as close to that as it could be and, and i me remember thinking that'll never happen that's just that'll never happen you know computers telling me what to do and predicting and being really clever well, actually, yes, that's coming, and it's it's arguably it's here. For me, that's the biggest disruptor and probably the biggest change in tech that I've seen in a lifetime. I'm being honest. I, I think um, because it's so new, I have nothing to compare it to. So with cloud, we can compare it to an on-prem data 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 warehouse piece of tin. The, the cloud, it just breathes, I say it just breathes, it breathes, it, it expands contrast based on your, on your data and it's cool It's and it's opened so many doors. AI, there is nothing to compare it to. It's brand new for us all. It's it's really disrupting everybody. And I think from a, um, a technology enhancement, I think apps and e-commerce, this, I, I, I absolutely see this, as a game changer, I'd, and I'd hope for me personally, um, I, I do a bit of running and a bit of swimming. What do I want AI to do as a consumer? I want it to tell me that my blood pressure is about to explode because I'm, um, you know, based off my current behaviours, it's it's in about two months, I think, Rob, your blood pressure is going to be here. And um, also, you, it feels like that your swimming um, is, isn't quite right. And uh, 
I'm seeing a difference in your technique and maybe you should be considering doing this or this or this drill or that drill. Um, I, I'd love that. It's like a like a, an, an AI personal trainer or something like that. But I think there's, there's definitely something in apps, bringing the apps together with AI for making my life better, I think, um, I would hope that that would be something that happens. And it, it's kind of there in the sporting industry now. It's there-ish, but to have something to actually help me and predict what I need to do if I've got a goal or target, and it actually can monitor my body and how it's reacting and predict that in two months, um, maybe you're, um, maybe you've got, you, you know, you're going to be prone to cold rather or, or whatever. I know the data is there. Uh, everything's there. I just love that kind of technology to do. That that's just something for me personally. Um, so I think definitely e-commerce. I'd hope um, medical industry, like in the med- medicine world, and that kind of you know to to help with reducing calls to to doctor surgeries or to you know one 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 and visits to A and E. What can AI do? to reduce that footfall in an A&E department? Because when you go into A&E, I feel sorry for the staff. I feel really sorry for people. Is there something that AI can do with an app that can really reduce that footfall in A&E and also can help with the phone lines being jammed on a Monday morning and the doctor's surgery? There's some obvious use cases, and I know that there's huge amounts of mini ones within that, but I, I genuinely think there's some of the areas, sports and health, that I'd hope AI can really help um, everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think, so a I, I, big portion of my background is in, in the health tech space and, and you're right, AI can definitely do a lot of good there. I think that's one of those slightly more risky areas where you want to make sure it's right. You know, I haven't spent a bit yeah. of time in the kind of oncology space and you, you feed the machine, you train the machine to be able to help make help drive decisions, not necessarily make the decisions, but you certainly want to inform decisions and make cues shorter, people's availability and access to health services or health information, you know, your own personal health information. There's a bunch of platforms out there that are bringing the data together as an aggregator, first and mm. foremost, you know, and giving people visibility of themselves, my data, right? So why can't I see it? I should be able to know all about whether my blood pressure is about to go through the roof and I probably shouldn't you know, eat that, that third burger today, you know, whatever it might be, it's, it's about pulling all that together. Um, I think you've touched on it a couple of times in terms of your kind of uh, soapbox around AI and, and mesh in, in like you know, a couple of different spaces. What's your biggest, what's your biggest wish for the world of data in particular? And what's your biggest fear? Okay. Right. My biggest wish, we've just seen a disruptor called AI. And it's going to be tech-led, um, you know, talking to virtual people and having a conversation with someone and, you know, imagine us two as, as virtual AI assistants or, or, or and, and this is all AI-driven. Uh, you know, do you know what I mean? That, that, that's the disruptor. Now the challenge is people and process, probably more the people. I think there needs to be a disruption in people and process. It goes back to my point about customer. I still think we're holding on to monolithic, centralized, heavy duty, kind of almost protecting um, that historic view of how we've managed IT and data. 
My wish is that it's completely and utterly disrupted due to the fact that we've now got this AI coming in. I, I I've always had a, a challenge or a problem with the fact that in the 15 years since the data lake was first born, we're still structured and we're still wrangling 15 years later. If, if, if you look across the industry, um, we still have centralized data, centralized IT, really huge monolithic teams. And your spokes, which is, is the customer, the value, are quite small. I'd love that balance of power to change. So if you're a business person, a cluster's a business person, um, everyone's in the business, but if you're not an IT or a data person, I think that you have actually got more control, power, I, 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 whether they're the right words to use, than you think you have. And I think um, if, you, if you're in a position where you, you, you're so dependent on a centralized team, I'd love that balance to shift to an outcome-driven, I'd love to see the hub shrink to what it needs to be, which is maybe to support and serve the spokes, but the spokes to grow in terms of really wrapping themselves around the customer and um, really getting on the back of AI and, and, and what it means. Because I, I still worry, and it's part of my fear, is that in 15 years' time, we still have these big monolithic centralized teams. We're still wrangling with data, but this AI has taken off and we're trying to catch up. And we can't because we've now got 30 years of legacy to manage. So I think as data professionals and every single data professional, uh, I would look in the eye and say, where do you think you should be in the next five years? Do you think you should still be ahead of? Do you still think that you should be still sat in a centralized function? Do you think you should be more aligned to a business outcome? And I think as leaders, we have a duty to really disrupt ourselves and start thinking more outcome driven. And really making that 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 bold step that move forward and um, you know data meshes is and data products was that first step to try and shake the industry up a bit now there's a piece of technology that's just like roadrunner it's just come onto the scene and we're and we're like what's going on here we have to change our ways of working we have to change our structures our processes it's not something for us to be feared at but every single um persona whatever role you have has surely cannot stay static it cannot stay still you cannot still be in that structure and that's monolithic structure in five to ten years time it feels like we need to start thinking differently and i think that that's a mixture of kind of what excites me and my fear my fear is is us as data professionals will try and go back to how we've always worked I find that really interesting. Um, that, that that like you say, kind of you 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 wish uh, you wish and your fear are almost the opposite sides of the same coin. Um, yes. And I, you know, I, I think that's I think that's fantastic. Um, all right, uh, we're in the locker room, Robert. What what is in your personal locker that's made you successful for these last twenty years? Oh, I I oh, stay true to myself. I, I literally um, just bring my character and me to, to an organisation. And yes, I've been in a technical role for almost 20 years. And people do try and say technology names, languages. Bring yourself, bring your character, bring your skill set that you've learned. 
nobody knows everything. Um, so if you're a technical person and you're strong in a particular language, you may, um, that's great. But if you're a non-technical person and you're running a technical team, don't, don't for one minute doubt that you can't lead. You can absolutely lead. And I think um, that's been my mantra for 20 years is just, you know, utilize the talent of the teams. Everyone brings something different and lead from the front and kind of, you know, go after that business problem and, and really enjoy it and be collaborative. That's that's what's got me to where I am today. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of what I would say. I, I, and I'm going to continue with that. <laughs> Ah, fabulous, quite right. And I, I, I've had the, the extreme pleasure of, of working with you for at least a short amount of, of that yeah, time. I absolutely advocate that, you know, what you see is what you get. And, you know, I think, I think we should all uh, most definitely be there. And I think that's, that's the perfect way to, to kind of draw this one up. Hugely interesting, Rob, as I knew that was always going to be really great insight into where you see some of our challenges as a, as a business, as a, as a, a business leader what we should look for in terms of how to go about our data journey, you know, staying away from, from the jargon, just how we focus on value, ownership and value. Those are some of my real takeaways from what you've discussed today. Um, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much no for, for joining me in the, in the locker room. Um, Thank you. Uh, I hope everybody's, uh, you know, found that as interesting. I have post any comments, feedback to, to Rob uh, or myself in the, the comments below. Um, I say, if you haven't caught up on any of the videos, please do so. Uh, you find us on our YouTube channel, also on the, the audio podcast as well, just the, the audio version of, of the video. Um, so you find us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, every 100 subscribers we get, we plant 10 trees. So do your bit for, for uh, plantation and you know a bit of social responsibility as well. Um, until next time, uh, thank you very much. Look after yourselves, look after each other, and I'll see you next time in the locker. Take care.